Diamond Club Baseball has produced elite athletes for 10 years now and is even trusted by your Colorado Rockies to run their scout team program. Diamond Club is based right here in Denver, and their goal is to treat player development just like it's a minor league organization so that your child can be set up for the ultimate success. Everyone works together to make sure that everyone's getting the proper instruction that they need to help youth athletes grow and to become great ball players yet enjoy the game. That's why I have my son playing with Diamond Club because it's it's a great way to really show them they're, they're learning baseball the right way. That was Sean. As he mentioned, his son plays on a Diamond Club team. They offer multiple summer camps, private lessons, high school teams, and youth competitive teams. Plus, their prices are more affordable than their competition. Diamond Club has very fair price. You know, when you kind of pay and know that all fees for the tournaments, fields, uniforms, and instruction are taken care of, as well as getting access to some of the things that other programs don't offer, like entire team instruction and fitness programs, you know, the whole package to really make sure that a ball player ends up a well-rounded youth athlete. Believe us when we tell you that after experiencing the knowledge, positive attitude, work ethic, and fun that their summer camps provide, your child will want to play on one of their teams. Check out diamondclubbaseball.net today to learn more. Welcome in to the BSN Broncos podcast presented by Elixinol. It is a Tuesday edition of the BSN Broncos podcast and Zach Stevens is back with us looking very well um, uh, fit after a nice <laughs> jog on the streets of Boulder yesterday. Ryan, the Broncos aren't back, but I'm back, baby. You are back uh, and they'll be back tomorrow. Uh, as they continue OTAs and actually Henry is still here because he's still living at my house but our third <laughs> microphone is under repair so Henry is under strict instructions to raise his hand if he has something to say and wait for the teacher to call on him and Ryan if I understand correctly I've done one more boulder boulder than you have yeah uh, aren't, aren't you Mr. Boulder I think I'm taking that title away from you right now I you know running is not a thing that I like. <laughs> There's plenty of people walking it. 50,000 people do this. 50,000 so, people. And, and what? That's 27. more people than have ever played in Major League be- Baseball. <laughs> All so time combined. You're 27, so what is that? How many Boulder Bowls? There's been 27 in your life times 50,000. We'll take that as a rough estimate of how many people do it a year. That's What do you and, got? And, and what do you not, got? You're not even one of those. No, no. Uh, we'll go with uh, just under 1.5 million. No, yesterday I I crossed the start line and I could have been the one point one and a half millionth person to do it. Congrats! Said my little wave was uh, had that number in it. Meanwhile, I was watching the Rockies game. <laughs> oh, what a game! Yeah, I mean, my boy is Tapia. I love Tapia. I was so happy he got that. 
Also, it was just like you, it could have been Desmond or Tapia. It's much better to have it be Tapia. Come on, come on, not even close. Uh, but there is some Broncos news this morning, as I try to avoid having to talk about not doing the Boulder Boulder anymore. <laughs> um, and when I woke up, Zach, this is uh, the notification I had on my phone for immediate release Tuesday, May twenty eighth, twenty nineteen. Broncos director of sports medicine, Steve Greek Antonopoulos, chosen by Bolin family to be owner. Oh, yeah. That was the way, That's the end of the uh, notification on my phone. Wow. That's uh, that's some big news. I was like, this is a Game of Thrones level <laughs> twist right here. Like, no one expected Greek to be on the throne when it all ended, but there he is. Um, and then I clicked on it, and there's a few more words in the sentence. Mm. The rest of the sentence was... Chosen by Bolin family to be owner Pat Bolin's Pro Football Hall of Fame presenter. Mm, that's a juicy cutoff, though. That is a great tease. Tease of that the year. That would have had so many clicks. Exactly, but it wasn't uh, quite the truth. But jokes aside, what an honor. I mean, uh, maybe I'm wrong here, but I have to assume that he's the first athletic trainer to be a Hall of Fame presenter. Yes, yeah, he's the second I oh. believe to to ever do that. Um, Ed, maybe I should actually read the email. <laughs> I just know this off the top of my head. Oh, okay, I'm really okay. good with uh, with athletic presenters presenting in the Hall of Fame. Ed Ambrowski did it for Bill Shaw back in the day. Uh, and Ryan, what what an honor! And this makes sense. This makes sense that Greek gets to do this. He's the he's worked with Pat since Pat bought the Broncos. They worked together for 35 years. And I think you really butchered that, that name. Give me some help. I think it's Ed Abramowski. That's what I said, Ryan. Oh, okay. That's what I said. (laughs) Anyways, back to Greek. He's been with the team for 43 years. I mean, he's a Bronco more than anyone else, including Pat Bolin. So when Pat joined, uh, the two got along so well. Mr. B would start his day every morning going into Greek's office. And Ryan, we uh, we found out last week that every single day, Greek was in there at least at 4.30 in the morning. So he, he's, he's, in the bil- he's been in the building more than he hasn't in his tenure with the Broncos. I wonder how many hours he's been in that building. That's a scary thought. That, that is a, I mean, they say it's 10,000 hours to become an expert. Malcolm Gladwell says that. Um, yeah, I know a thing or two. <laughs> but uh, he's he's got to be at like 100,000 plus. Oh, yeah. You do More that More than math. that. You do the math. I did the math earlier. I don't, I, I don't even know where to start. It's got to be 500,000 hours. An insane, insane amount. And imagine how many feet he's touched. That is gross. Why would you say that? <laughs> Anyways, Greek said, uh, quote, I was overwhelmed with emotion when I was asked to be Mr. Bowen's presenter. I feel very honored and very humbled. It's one of the greatest things I've been asked to do in my life. If you really look at it, it's all about Mr. Bowen. We developed a really neat relationship over the years that he's been here. It's certainly unique. He's not only my boss, but he's my friend. That's what makes it even more of an honor to do this, especially with the requests coming from his family. How cool. Really cool. Also, this is a, a weird kind of off topic thing but i appreciate that he spoke in the present tense about mr bowen because a lot of people really like mess that up um but it kind of shows you how close he is with him right like he like he he is still there he is still with us so uh greek really great candidate for this uh it's special it's unique to the broncos uh 
which I like, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with choosing a family member or a coach or whatever, you know, a lot of people choose, but uh, Greek is something special to the Broncos. He is, a, you know, a, a rare case of someone who has been an employee forever. Um, you know, he spent his whole career with the Broncos. He's been promoted. Like, he is extremely unique to the Broncos. So uh, it, it's going to be awesome for Pat to get that, to, to be introduced by someone who is very clearly uh, orange and blue. This is mind-blowing. Greek has been with the team for almost a 1,000 games. Games! Wow. That's crazy. That really is. I mean, a season is almost 1% of, of how long he's been with the team. Unbelievable. That's crazy. How many years total? 44. 44 years. Yep. That, I mean, it's truly mind-blowing, truly mind-blowing. So happy for him. Uh, we were kind of just talking before the podcast about who might be the uh, – who might introduce Champ Bailey. Now we know, of course, who's going to do it for Pat. You have any thoughts on who that may be? Maybe the guy with the coolest name in the family, Boss Bailey, his brother. Uh, that, 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 that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, not just being his brother – but growing up with him, growing up with the game together, both playing in the NFL, both being on the Broncos for a quick mi- minute there, that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I assume it will be someone in his family just because he's has very strong ties with his family and uh, they're kind of always around each other. They were all around uh, there at the Super Bowl when he was introduced. I guess a dark horse candidate, could, could Mike Shanahan be a, a dark horse candidate? Mm, he could be. I think that would be one to just maybe keep an eye on as a dark horse. Uh, but I bet you're right. It will be Boss or maybe his mom. Not only it. I mean, talking about Shanahan, not only a guy that coached him and loved him, but a guy that brought him here and that won the trade of the uh, the Portis-Bailey trade. That, that would be an interesting one. Well, we have to get to our daily Chris Harris Jr. talk. Uh, and it seems that there's always some small update that allows us to reach back around to this. Yesterday, Henry and I talked about it as if there was progress. Um, the reporting surrounding the situation was that te- the, the two sides are slowly working closer and closer to some sort of one-year raise. But then uh, Josina Anderson comes out last night Echoing the reporter of our friend Cody Rourke, who has been saying this for a while now, it said there's been no progress. None at all. The two sides aren't even an inch closer than they were when they started. Uh, those two things, Zach, I-, I guess this is obvious to say, but they are exact opposites. <laughs> because one of them suggests that something will eventually get done. The other suggests that and almost is almost a foregone conclusion that nothing will get done. Ryan, I talked to some people over the weekend and found out that there was progress and it was going that way. So when I heard this news from Josina Anderson, I thought, okay, this is a this is a game of cat and mouse going on. One side saying that there's progress, you know, maybe both sides at a time saying there's progress, but then it gets to this point yesterday when there's been a lot of steam that oh boy, this is picking up progress. It's going to happen soon. One side that I imagine steps back and says, whoa, 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 progress. I mean, we're not, we, we still have a few million dollars we want in our end. Progress. I mean, the Broncos are offering, let's just say, $11 million. Chris is at 13 He says, 
whoa, we're not close to a deal. I'm not walking away from $2 million. I want that money. So we're still far away. So you put this out. And Ryan, to me, this is just classic negotiations. I mean, th th this is how it goes. There's progress. Then there's no progress. Then there's no progress again. And everyone worries. Then there's progress. No progress. Deal done. So this is just part of the process. The definition of progress. Noun. Forward or onward movement toward a destination. This, if there had been one dollar agreed on, that would be progress. Mm -hmm. To say that, but to say there's no progress, and we know which side that came from, is to say that we're at fifteen million, they're at eight million, and we have not moved one dollar. To me, that seems untrue. What, like, how have you talked multiple times? You know, but if it is true then I can tell you this thing is not getting done. Nothing will get done. I'm of the belief that there is progress. I just don't really understand the motivation of the Chris Harris Jr. camp to say that there's been absolutely no progress. It's just to show the Broncos, look, we're, we're not budging any more than we have. Or you think you're going to stronghold us now. Well, we're not going to put up with that. And it is interesting. What, what, what does the, the no progress mean? Does no progress mean there's been no progress since when they spoke last Friday and when they were $2 million apart? Or does no progress mean there's been zero progress and the Broncos are still at, you know, the $8.6 that he's going to get this year and Chris Harris is at 15 plus. I take it as option A as talks have stalled a little bit. And according to other reports this weekend, talks themselves haven't stalled, just the amount of money maybe is, is what's on hold here. I think this is... We got so close to the finish line, and now one side, I think Chris's side, is saying, whoa, yeah, we're close here, but come on. I'm not passing up on hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars, just because you guys are forcing this through. And also, why would Chris sign now? Why would he sign yesterday? Why would he sign today? Why would he sign tomorrow? I'm not showing up to these voluntary things, and if you sign a deal, you're showing up. If I'm Chris... I'm signing next Monday. Odell Beckham's not sign, uh, showing up, and he's got a deal. And is that – do we view that in a positive light? <laughs> Certainly not. In fact, I think it is the first step in the unraveling of the Browns. I can see that. Now, to be fair, though, we say, you know, Chris should be there once he signs a deal. I agree with that. Odell Beckham, it looks bad that he has a massive deal and isn't there. What about Tom Brady? He's not there. So what? <laughs> so why does it change? Is he really? He, he just didn't show up? Nope. For, I think believe, a second or third straight year, he is not going to any of the OTAs. What a power move. <laughs> and you know what he's doing is he's bringing his teammates to his private facility. It looks like a beautiful backyard or something. See, and in that working case. working out with Julian Edelman. In that case, I think that's something that's been discussed with the team. And he's like, look, we're going to do this my way. At me and Alex Guerrero. Yeah. And, well, if Alex Guerrero's involved, they probably don't love it. <laughs> but I just think, I don't know. I think it's a little different if the quarterback's bringing his men out there and, and they're still getting work done. For OBJ, it's just like, dude, come on. Like, everyone there is trying to build something special. Baker Mayfield is trying to lead. You got to build chemistry with him. Like, all this stuff, like, even if it's just simply um ceremonial 
just do it. Like you just got to do it because it looks good and ever like everyone in Cleveland is so excited. And it just kind of puts a damper to me that they're like, "Oh, great. OBJ is still OBJ." You know you're going to be dealing with OBJ type of stuff. You want that on the field. You want the crazy celebration that's talked about, and it's a little controversial. You're not fully backing it as a fan of, of, of the Browns, but he's celebrating because he scored a touchdown. You don't want this drama happening right now. Silly. Uh, as for Chris, though, you're right. He shouldn't. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he should. Maybe he should sign so you can go get a head start on the defensive playbook before they break for the summer. Uh, I guess he'll still have mandatory minicamp next week which he can go to but as it stands I just think how is Chris Harris Jr. like how is there a negotiation going on I just still blown away by that like you mentioned like he's not going to pass up extra million I'm like what do you mean pass up he's just getting they're just shoveling money into the back of his pickup truck right now the word negotiation makes no sense to me in 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 this progress in, in this situation Ryan if someone were to say here's a raise do you say oh wow thank you that that's awesome I really appreciate it or do you say you know what let's negotiate this that that's that's really not enough I'm looking for a couple million more I mean maybe everyone should take that approach and we'd all what, be making more what money typically happens typically happens is someone presents you a raise and you say wow thank you so much <laughs> uh i really appreciate that i look forward to continuing to work here yeah especially when we're not talking chump change his base the the least he's going to get this year if he shows up is 8.6 million and that's and that's what's crazy to me like the broncos like okay well, all right we'll give you 9.6 million and he's like nope <laughs> they're like okay 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 10.6 million and what happens if he turns all of this down ryan and says Nope, and he continues with, nope. You know what happens? Next week, it gets fined nearly six figures for not being there. Then, it, at the start of the season, he gets fined, what, about half a million dollars each year. So not only does his nearly $9 million not turn into 10 or 11 by taking a raise, it turns into $7.5 million after week one, $7 million after week two, Keep going down the line. And week 10 is about the time when he would have to show up in order to uh, get this season accrued and to be able to hit free agency next year. Let's say he does that and misses 10 games. See ya, $5 million. Yeah, I feel like Chris is playing with fire. Nothing, nothing's changed since when you and I have uh, ha- had, you know, we've, we've saw the light and realized all, the Broncos have all the power. But somehow he's finagled his way into power, <laughs> which is crazy. But at what point? Because at this point, all I can say is John Elway's just trying to do this as like a good PR move. That's all I can come up with. Mm-hmm. Is the only reason the Broncos want to do this and John Elway is to say like, "Hey, man, we we do take care of our players. Look at this. We just gave this guy five million dollars for no reason. <laughs> it's like an expensive PR move." But that's the best reason I can come up with as to why you would want to give him a raise. Other than Henry and I talked about it yesterday, like the team is obviously significantly better with him out there, but you're still going to get him. Like we all agree deep down that you're going to get him. So this is a really expensive PR move. But at what point do do you piss off John Elway? And he says, you know what? Never mind. Offers off the table. Show up or get fined. Soon. That's what I I I think the deadline, you said next Monday, I think that's where it is. 
if you don't sign by next Monday, I think John Elway is going to take that sheet of paper, pull it right off the table, and say, all right, take your fines. Enjoy that. And that's since reports say that John and, and Fred Lyles, Chris's agent, have talked often, I mean, potentially even multiple times a day recently, it's probably in, it, there's probably communication about that. And both sides know that, okay, this deal's out there for a week or until Monday. And again, why would Chris sign it before? Chris is going to try to uh, call John's hand and say, well, hey, buddy, I'm not signing that deal right now. And try to get John to throw an extra half million, million in there when he knows he doesn't want to show up this week, as Vaughn has said he wouldn't want to either. And then he's just going to sign it Monday. That that's If everything is going in this path, that's how I imagine it going. Just some tough negotiations at the end. Because, Ryan, once that deal's signed, all this, if there's any ill will between both sides, it'll be gone for this year. It's just, I, I think the like not wanting to be there thing is just weird. Like mm. I would want to be there. So do you do you disagree with me? No, no, I agree. I agree. I just, I don't know. Wouldn't you have FOMO of like, man, I'm going to have so much catching up to do. Or like, I just want to be there and go hang out with my teammates. I, like, I miss the locker room. Like, when I was in uh, eighth grade, we had um, a a volleyball tournament in gym class. <laughs> and I fake sick from school. And then I realized, oh, my God, the finals and the semifinals are today. <laughs> So then I went back to school just for the last period so I could play in uh, in the volleyball tournament <laughs> because I just I had to be there for my team. <laughs> and isn't that what Chris is thinking is I want to be there for the games. I don't want to be there for math and science and English class earlier in the day. Fair enough. <laughs> I just feel like you'd have FOMO. You're just like, man, I, think I if, love the locker room. I want to be there. I think if you are Brendan Langley – and you know you're you're trying to make the team you're trying to show the teachers that they should put you in the starting volleyball lineup and that you should play then absolutely i think you'd be shaken with fomo i wouldn't be able to sleep if i was missing out on weeks on weeks on weeks but chris no and we know chris is confident in himself he's probably not worried about picking up this new system it'll be interesting to see what happens because if something hasn't happened by next monday we are, I mean, we, we have to think that this, that nothing's going to get done. And so then it's going to be the chess, the chess game. How late does he, how long does he go? Will he get fined for every day of training camp? He missed? Yeah, he would. Cause remember that's how it was with Carlos Henderson and whoever the heck it was last year. Yep. Jimmy something or other. Yep. Uh, so this could be, I mean, I just feel like Chris is getting bad advice somewhere. Like this could end up being a situation where he loses a net eight million dollars. Here we go, coming in from Mike. Henry raised his hand. Let him t- <laughs> let him speak. Let the guy speak. So I just got the Twitter notification from Mike Cliss that said the Broncos and Chris Harris Jr. are extremely extremely close to a new one year deal. With final week of OTA starting tomorrow, both sides hoping for agreement today. Well, thank you for that, Henry. Also, I was doing some Chris Harris Jr. research, and when he signed his contract at the end of the 2014 season, it made him the 13th highest paid cornerback in the lead, tied with Kareem Jackson. 
Oh, that is a very interesting tidbit. Thank you to uh, our uh, producer, Henry Chisholm, <laughs> in the, the behind the glass today. All right. So I guess Chris, he's got FOMO. <laughs> he wants to be there. Yeah. It's see, that makes sense to me. Like he doesn't have to go through the whole the whole program. He didn't have to do the BS workouts that he can do on his own with whoever he wants. But you come in, you get a week to kind of learn things, and then when it when it goes into veteran minicamp, as if that's any different than OTAs, which it isn't. Uh, but when it gets into there, you're at least you know settled in, and then you have two weeks which is a lot to me a lot better than 3 days and then you're on break. And if you have any questions, then he can study it on his own during the break. I'm not worried about Chris Harris Jr. If he if he missed all of preseason and was there for the first week of lead up and th- those are the only practices he had before week 1 against the Raiders, I'd still feel okay with with him being a starting cornerback and playing. So the fact that this is likely going to get done and he's going to have a few practices before summer break all is good. So if this happens, the no progress people look really um, misinformed, right? Less than 24 hours after. And that's not a taking a shot at anyone. It's just... Uh, it's just, put, like I said, that was part of the negotiation process. Yeah, if you... Agents aren't always going to be the, the most <laughs> honest. <laughs> no, Actually, no one's going to be honest when it comes to these things. They all want their narrative out there. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, I mean, that's always a challenge trying to figure out where these things are going, but Hey, let's hope this thing gets done today. Uh, and we can finally cross it off the list of things to talk about. And then we can get to important things like hot pockets and Alaskan water. According to Benjamin Albright, Chris Harris Jr. Will be flying into Denver this afternoon. Oh, look at that. We should maybe start tracking PJs from, uh, the Houston area. That's private jets for anyone who lives in a <laughs> subclass. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but I think right here is a good point for us to stop. We had a couple questions come in on the on the podcast yesterday, but I think because it was a short turnaround, um, we didn't have quite as many. So we took some from Twitter today. So once we come back from this break... We'll get to the ones on the podcast, and then we'll get to the ones from Twitter. The Colorado Golf Association is dedicated to preserving, improving, and serving the game of golf here in Colorado. And right now, they're conducting their annual Dream Golf Vacation Raffle. Ed May, Executive Director of the Colorado Golf Association, gave us some more info on what exactly you can win if you enter. We had six grand prizes this year and 40-plus other prizes. So the, the big ticket items, so to speak, or the grand prizes are a trip to the BMW Championship, including VIP access, thanks to our partnership with BMW. Uh, we have a trip to Streamsong. We have a trip to Bandon Dunes. We have a trip to Sand Valley. And then we have what I think might be the coolest, a chance to take an, uh, a 7 Series BMW down to Telluride to play in a CGA-only event. The raffle tickets will go on sale on our website, coloradogolf.org. Tickets are $40, and you know all the proceeds from the raffle are going to support youth development in the state of Colorado. So you're making a great donation to a great cause, but you're also having a chance to uh, really have a fantastic dream golf vacation. For a chance to win, be sure to go to coloradogolfassociation.org. Moving on here on the BSN Broncos podcast. Uh, and as always, we will start with questions from the subscribers, even though we did go to Twitter today for a few extra questions. Uh, you guys always get priority and on pretty much every other day. You, as a subscriber, get the exclusive right to comment on the podcast. If you aren't familiar with the process, 
go and subscribe to bsndenver.com. We have a running deal right now. You can get a year subscription, and included in your year subscription is a free T-shirt. And if you haven't seen the T-shirts, they are sick. Um, so anyways, once you subscribe, you can go to the, the, the most recent podcast that is posted on the website and leave your comment there, and we will always get to your comment the next day. And the first one today comes in from Nick Geyer, 813. He says, just became a subscriber again, and I just wanted to say thanks. Looking forward to another year of coverage at the next level. Can't wait for the fantasy draft and all the watch parties. Hopefully in a year when I have to resubscribe again when we have championships to be talking about. Mm. A couple uh, Denver teams got very close to some championships, closer than they, than they have in a long time. Maybe the Broncos will be up that route. We can only hope because it'll be a lot of fun if they do go on a run of that uh, nature. So thanks for joining us again, Nick, and we're really happy to have you. Next one here comes in from Lone Star Bronco. He says, hey, guys, regarding Joe Deneen, was his injury at Pro Day more of an isolated incident or is it par for the course? How much time has he missed due to injury in his career? Um, as far as I know, not much. And that's how he was able to compile such big numbers. He was on the field a lot during his career. Uh, it was a tweaked hamstring for him at the Pro Day. Those things happen a lot. You saw it happen to my boy Terrell Tanks. Um, you saw, you've seen it happen to a lot of players because you're just not, I don't know. I mean, your body is in a different kind of shape when you're just working out. And even though you're testing these sprints as much as you can, it's still kind of dangerous to be doing those dead sprints which isn't really a football type thing where you see just a lot of guys tweak their hamstring in those things because they're just trying so hard to run as fast as they possibly can. You turn it up to an extra level and you hurt yourself. But uh, injuries have not been a, a reoccurring theme as far as I'm concerned. In the past two years, they haven't. He played in, in all 12 games his senior and junior year. In 2016, he only played in three games. Uh, he had a few injuries there, but like you said, he's not a guy that's had multiple season-ending injuries. It's not that injuries hurt his draft stock or NFL stock. Right, exactly. All right, he said he goes on and says, Next, welcome back to Super Intern and now Super Podcaster, Henry. Glad to have you back as a part of the family. I wondered after seeing the article about Champ the other day, and I'm glad to see my suspicion was correct. Yes, Henry is back with us, working on a story as we speak here on the podcast. Uh, we're happy to have him for sure. He says, next way to be dedicated and put out content on Memorial Day. I was pleasantly surprised when the pod popped up. Yeah. Um, Henry and I were dedicated. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. How many Thanksgivings have we done, Ryan? Yeah. No, <laughs> um, Zach actually offered to do the pod on a different day uh, that we normally wouldn't have the pod. So he was still dedicated. But, but thanks for you guys for taking it. But Henry and I were bored, so we wanted to talk about the Broncos. <laughs> Uh, he says the thought of drinking hot water grosses me out. The only thing that comes to mind is bath water. I don't drink anything hot, even ch hot chocolate. I let it cool, uh, before I drink it at room temp. You know, seven minute soaks, Ryan. Yes. I'm okay with letting hot water just soak in my mouth. You know, if, you, if you're in the bathtub, what? J just it, it's comfortable. I'm not drinking <laughs> it though. <laughs> that is weird. Um, I, I I was thinking you were going to say, like, you need a nice seven-minute soak of your hot chocolate so it cools down. A little mm. seven-minute resting period. No, I like my hot chocolate hot. I'm with Lone Star Bronco. I think for him, it's probably because he lives in Texas and it's always hot. Um, for me, it's just I I don't like the way it feels to, like, drink hot liquid. But do you ever let hot chocolate sit? 
and then it gets that that film on the top of it. That's the best part. No, I'm just kidding. No. (laughs) (laughs) You never let it sit that long. It just has to go from piping hot to where it like burns your mouth to just like very warm. Okay, I'm not saying I like my mouth burned. I mean, you got it. I I like it hot. You like it hot. I like it warm. (sighs) Hmm. The only time I'll drink something that's like really, really hot is if I'm sick. And I feel like somehow that like the hot tea is like burning the sickness out of my throat. The coffee samples at Trader Joe's, they always have a coffee sample. 100% of the time burns my mouth. <laughs> I still never let it cool. And, and I'm like, oh, no. And you know when you burn your tongue or your mouth, it lasts for like 24 hours? Yep. I do it every time. You should, yeah, that's uh. I need to learn. That's that definition of insanity that isn't actually the real definition of insanity that everyone always brings up but anyways uh, my grandma used to order her coffee like she would literally tell the the people at the restaurant or wherever we're at like i want this to be on the verge of boiling <laughs> and like i just i'm like how how do you touch that to your lips without being in pain is it just like uh she's calloused her lips and her tongue <laughs> maybe <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but she was always like, like it would come back, like steam just billowing off of it, and she would have a sip, and she'd be like hotter, and just like hand it back. I'm like, oh my god, how could it get so me hotter? So it's Starbucks, it's extra, extra hot. Like that just seems dangerous. It is. But as we learned yesterday, Henry and I, it definitely keeps the fat from congealing in your stomach of whatever <laughs> meal you're eating. Uh, he says, lastly, nobody used their fullback or paid their fullback quite like the 49ers last year. I think Skangs will continue uh, that, and Jano's lighter, quicker frame will have him pull away in the race. Hashtag Ben Team Jano since the word go. <laughs> With you as well. Um, he's going to be used a lot in this system, Ryan. Not if George Aston has anything <laughs> to say about it. In his neck? Is not neck. <laughs> Although Henry asserts that it's a super neck, while I assert that there's no neck at all. So what is it then? Well, we need... You're the tiebreaker. It's traps. Yes, exactly. All traps, no <laughs> neck. I feel like that should be someone's like... Because how do you uh, how do you work out your neck to get it that thick? They're actually... Uh, I, I had a friend's dad who was like... I don't know. I don't know if I want to call him like an amateur bodybuilder, but he was very into just lifting weights. Yeah, I wouldn't. He, I wouldn't call a bodybuilder amateur. You may. You may be getting some bad things. He had this thing that was like a helmet that you put on your head, but it was like not an actual helmet. It was just like rope. You put it on your head, and then it ha- had chains attached to it, which you attach. You hooked the chains onto a, a weight, and then you just kind of like dip your head. And then pull it back and dip your head and pull it back. And that's that was how he strengthened his neck. That sounds like a torture device. <laughs> it also sounds like a, like a high risk of injury. It does. Like I feel like if I just turn my neck a little weird if I'm like backing up. I'm like, oh, did I just tweak something? Yeah, I'd rather have my traps just take over my neck. So many, so many shrugs. <laughs> just sitting there and just shrugging all day. Which is also a... a one of the more fun exercises to do. I thought you were going to say it's also one of one of my favorite songs to shrug all day. Shrug, I shrug just, all day. Yeah, I could see it being a song. A bop, as you would call it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, moving on here. So wait, so we're on. So it's team no neck. Yes. Okay. All yeah. right. Good. Glad. I'm sorry, Henry. <laughs> uh, from threat level midnight, he said Henry just went from the practice squad to the 53 man roster. 
Let's make him a full-time starter. There we go. A lot of love for Henry today. He says, am I the only one who buys an abundance of jerseys? I truly enjoy the aspect of buying and switching jerseys throughout any given season. For instance, in 2012, I had DT, Decker, Manning, and a holiday jersey all in rotation throughout the year. The last three years, I've slowed to just Miller and DT. Does Manning ever go out of style? Like, should he, should Threat Level of Midnight have taken Manning out of the rotation? This is going to be an unpopular take, but I don't, I don't think the Manning jersey was ever in style. Wow. Was, wow. Why? Because too many people have it. And so it's just like the, the market is saturated. So then John Elway, you got to say the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing is like John Elway has a little more swag than Peyton Manning. <laughs> like Peyton Manning being such a dad. Just but makes, he, em- he embraces it so well. I know. I know. I don't know. It's just like style. The, at the at its core is about like being unique oh come on peyton's about as unique as there is no but the jersey itself is not unique so then champ that's not unique no that's fine i, I mean we're talking like 75 percent of all jerseys in the stadium were manning <laughs> during that era okay fair i see what you mean not just a popular jersey but the number one right so then vaughn he certainly holds a majority so that that leads me to believe that it also has to do with the player themselves. And like Vaughn is cool. So his jersey instantly becomes cool. So Peyton isn't cool. Peyton is I don't not. understand this Peyton disrespect coming in, Peyton Ryan. Peyton isn't cool. <laughs> Peyton's really good. He's smart. He's funny. He, but he's not cool. I think he's like the coolest cat there is, man. <laughs> I'll probably get pushback on that. How I, funny he is. He's just such a dad. He's such a dad. <laughs> I can't get back. He, it, he wears right. dad. He tucks like if he was wearing a jersey, he would tuck it into his jeans. He would. Man, did you see when he was in L.A. I believe for a playoff game for the Rams, and his son was with him, rocking the jersey. Oh, those those two look so funny together. Oh, yeah, I just maybe it's not that he's not cool because he would be. He would seem like a cool person to hang out with. I think it's just that he has no swag. Next time he offers, you know, to get a beer with you and I, I'll just take the invitation. You can stay at home. <laughs> Ryan said you're not chill, so. <laughs> he doesn't want to be seen out in public with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think it's just that he has no swag because he is cool in his own weird dad way. Would you like it if he did a uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick with the swag after a game? Well, he he kind of did. He was the OG of that, remember, when they were going to the Super Bowl and he threw on, I think it was a manuals chain. Mm-hmm. What if he went full, though? I would love it. Yeah. It would have been the coolest thing he ever did. Yep. All right. Threat Level Midnight goes on and says, My first ever jersey was a Champ Bailey one, and I continually break it out. I was looking forward to buying another, but I cannot find legitimate ones anywhere. Two questions. Oh, he, he's talking about a Champ. I think he wants a fresh Champ hmm. jersey. I'm surprised that's hard to find. Yeah, it should be. It shouldn't be in the next few months. Seriously, I wonder if they. I wonder if the store will like stock them up or something. I think I saw them, but maybe it. I, I don't know if Threat Level Midnight's looking for like an official one. Uh, but I'm pretty sure they had them in the store just last week when we went there uh, to watch practice. Um, and finally, he says, "Will BSN be releasing any champ-inspired shirts for his induction? I'd grab one in a heartbeat." I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna have to talk to the. Uh, the people in that department. Yes, we will. We'll have to talk to the merch folks. 
All right, next one comes in from the legendary Tim E. He says this may have already been mentioned, but is it possible Elway is waiting to see how the quarterback situation turns out this year before extending Chris? If they find out that Joe is a lemon and Locke is able to step in and to the starting role right away, then they would have a lot more extra money to pay Chris. By paying him this year, they keep the option of extending him open while not having to commit. You'd probably hmm, – no, I, I, I don't think so you're not spending that much money on Joe Flacco if he's the guy next year either. And I don't think if Chris is in your long-term plans, I don't think whether Joe Flacco pans out or not would be the reason why you sign him up or not. Yeah. In the end, the chance of Joe Flacco being cut is about one and a million. Like it would have to be the craziest turn of events where he just, Folds in training camp, which we know he's not going to do. So I took this as next year. Like, John's buying himself one more year. Oh, I think you're right. That actually makes a lot of sense. Um, Mm. Because if you were to cut Joe Flacco next year, all of a sudden you have oodles of cap space. You have oodles of cap space already, though. (laughs) As we know, cap space is a myth. But... I just think, I don't know, I think maybe it's a lot easier to swallow. Because remember the whole three-player three thing? Yep. Then all of a sudden you're back under the threshold. For next year? For next year. If you right. took Joe Flacco off the books and you paid Chris Harris $15 million a year, you'd be still under the three players making up 30%, right? Is that what it is? Right. And I don't know how much Mike Sullivan subscribes to that theory, but if he does... Then all of a sudden you're saying, okay, we can afford another expensive contract. If Drew's the guy, that's that's how you win recently, Ryan, is with a rookie quarterback on his rookie contract balling out. It just allows you to do so much. But the Broncos uh, are going to have tens and tens and tens of millions of dollars in cap space next year, regardless of if Joe Flacco is a free agent. Do you think um, the franchise tag is still in play next year? Be an interesting question for Chris, huh? Because he wants $15 million plus per year. Now, the franchise tag would get him right around there, if not more than that. Now, of course, he wants that $15 million for multiple years. But he'd be okay with that for just one year. And let's say there is a pay raise that happens today. Let's, I don't know, just say it's 11.1. Gets him to be the highest paid secondary member on the Broncos. Then, you tack on 15 next year, $26 million. I mean, it averages to 13. It's probably not exactly what he wants, but... Will he say no to $15 million? No, it's obviously not his choice. Yeah, the interesting thing here is it would really be, it would make it so Chris is not getting another big contract. But I guess you could look at it as his big contract was two years, $26 million from the Broncos here. But then again, then when he's negotiating again, he's going into his age 32 season. Depending on how he played, maybe he was all pro both years and someone's still willing to buck up. If he declined at all, maybe the Broncos played him a little bit at free safety. Then he's in trouble in terms of getting another big contract. But again, can you hold out at 31? What's miss, your end game? And miss $15 million? This isn't Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was 26 years old. I guess is 26 years old when, when he did that. It'd be completely different. But the, again, another reason the Broncos have all the power. <sighs> Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't rule the franchise tag out, especially if Chris has a good season. Or 
the franchise tag is just a, a tool the Broncos can use to give themselves even more power over Chris when negotiating a contract next year. They can say, you know, let's just let's just lock in for three more years at thirteen million a year or twelve a year or, or 10. eleven a year or ten exactly. All right, next one here is from Vertical Socks. What are, what are horizontal socks? I was thinking stripes, but I guess that's not. Oh, maybe he's talking about the vertical striped socks that the Broncos used to wear when they uh, had the uh, gotcha. the brown and orange. Yep. So I was on the right track thinking you were. Uh, stripes. But wouldn't that be vertically striped socks? And we're talking about the uh, mustard and brown, right? Yes. Yeah, wouldn't you make a more unique name than Vertical Socks if you're talking about that? Wouldn't you be talking, wouldn't you have like mustard and brown <laughs> vertical striped socks? I brown. don't think that's what he's getting at. Brown mustard. It's good mustard. Yeah, it's best mustard. Oh, really? Yeah, you got to ha- you got to have some some pop in the mustard. I like the uh stone ground mustard. You know the one that has the little seeds in it? Is that not what we were talking about? Well, brown mustard is, I think, a similarly uh, concocted mustard. So, where do you group Dijon? Where I mean, it's. It, does it have? Does it's it have not the, brown? Does it have the chunks? No. Dijon is like a smooth, creamy, off yellow. I've had chunky Dijon. Really? <laughs> With the grounds that you're talking about. I don't know. That was a Dijon. That was maybe a, it was Dijon with chunks. Ew, that sounds terrible. I don't like you calling them chunks. They're seeds. Chunk sounds like, I don't know, something gross. They, they're, uh, yeah, those are, that's fun to eat. It is. Gives it a little, gives it a little more character. And they're a little slimy, but the Why mustard it covers it up. <laughs> oh, okay, anyways, Vertical Socks, who will tell us on the next podcast what his name is about. <laughs> Said on a recent podcast, you guys raised the question of how the Broncos unring this bell with respect to giving Chris Harris more money while he's under contract. In other words, are other players going to start demanding the same thing? Do you think it's possible that Elway gets an earful from other GMs? I can't imagine any of them want this to become a thing because then players and teams will start asking for the same thing and arguing the Broncos did it with Chris Harris. We've seen some trends or people believe trends were going to start happening in the NFL that haven't turned into trends. Uh, One of that was Kirk Cousins with the fully guaranteed contract. Everyone thought everyone's hosed. What are the Vikings doing? Every GM is going to be furious at the Vikings organization for doing this. Look, it's been a few years or what it's been two off seasons now and no other quarterback has got that, that type of deal. Now quarterbacks have topped the money, but that precedent hasn't followed um Antonio Brown we're going to see if players can just demand everything this is kind of following under that category of a player even when they don't have power getting power Chris is following the Antonio Brown method uh so whereas I guess GMs could point to to Pittsburgh and say what were you doing or the Raiders and saying what were you doing and so I don't think this I don't think from other GMs this will fall back on John but I think Mike Sullivan, the cap guy, and other people may be saying, John, this is an interesting precedent to set because now why wouldn't Vaughn do this? Why wouldn't other star players do this? Why wouldn't Emmanuel do this right now or in training camp? And like like I said last week, 
Emmanuel has more power than Chris because Emmanuel is injured. If Emmanuel sits out a game, I put that in air quotes because I, he could say he's injured, he's still getting paid. He's not getting fined. Emmanuel, well, yeah, that Achilles could flare up real quick. And he said he wants to be 100% before playing in a game. What if he just says he's at 95%? He's at 90%. He has all the power in the world. And remember, before Emmanuel tore his Achilles, or it, after he tore it, but he said if I didn't tear my Achilles, I'd be asking for a new contract right now. Yeah, it does, it's, that's, an int- it's, that's a bad precedent for the teams. So that's a great precedent for the players. Mm-hmm. Just walk in and ask for a raise whenever you want, and if you're good enough, you'll get it. Interesting. Um, let's move on to the Twitter questions, but before we do, I want to tell you about House Lift Colorado. Are you thinking about selling your house, but it's not in tip-top condition? How do you ensure you'll maximize your profit? If your house is in need of an upgrade, House Lift can assist in eliminating all the stress of the remodeling process, all while matching the current trends that buyers most desire. And get this, there are zero upfront costs from the homeowner, from you, the homeowner. That's right, you won't pay for any of the upfront costs for the remodel until your house closes. Houselift will handle everything from the contractors to the design while managing the costs. Here's what you need to do. Head to their website, houseliftcolorado.com, and check out the incredible remodels they've done for homeowners in the metro area. In past jobs, Houselift has put anywhere from fifteen dollars to $60,000 more in their clients' pockets. Call 303-885-7888 today to find out what Houselift can do for you. Oh, yeah. And if you hire one of their preferred realtors, they'll sell your house without even charging a listing commission. All right, Zach. Well, we gave people the unique opportunity today to chime in with questions from Twitter. So let's hop into those right now. And actually, before we get to that, I actually um, just got an update here from a source. As it relates to Chris Harris Jr. I won't go into too much detail, but this source is insinuating that it's far closer to the no progress side of things than it is to the deal is going to get done today side of things. And that Chris Harris Jr. actually is flying to Denver today, but not because of anything to do with signing a contract. <laughs> oh, the back and forth we've had in what, 34 minutes or something? Roller coaster, baby. <laughs> so we'll great, see what... Great news or great information. Not Thank great you. news. Uh, yeah, not the best news, but <sighs> so it's what, always... I mean, maybe there is... Cliss is reporting that the two sides are both hopeful that something can get done today. My source is not as optimistic. Um, Who's not hopeful? Right. I mean, you know? I... I guess, I guess, but maybe there's some information coming out of Broncos headquarters that they're going to pony up and just do whatever it takes to get Chris in here for tomorrow. And when you told me that, Ryan, it made me, the first thing I said to you was, take a step back, is that something John Elway would do? Does that sound like a John Elway move? Just to say, you know what, Chris, you're in town, we want you here next Monday, so let's just have you here tomorrow. Here's a check. Just write the amount. It has your name on it. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't fit the line of thinking, I don't think. Uh, we'll see what happens. But I just wanted to give the people the update. Yeah. Chris Jr. is not coming to Denver to sign a contract. To sign a contract or at least, that, that's been agreed upon already and right, all sides are happy. Exactly. Maybe he's he is coming to Denver for personal reasons. And maybe... In that time, 
he gets a chance to sit down with John Elway and something gets worked out. But it was certainly, according to my source, not as imminent as it was alluded to earlier. It's never bad to be in the same city as a company you're trying to agree with a deal on. But maybe he's not taking the PJ to Centennial. Maybe he's flying first class uh, on a United flight into uh, DIA. That's what it seems like to me. <laughs> but let's get into these uh, these Twitter questions. You have the first one there? Ryan, first one, just straight for you. Coming in from Cody Work, he says, why aren't you sponsored by White Claw yet? Who says I'm not? <laughs> How do I always have one? How am I always repping the brand? It's just the podcast isn't sponsored by White Claw yet. I, uh, yesterday, up in Boulder, I found what you need to be drinking, Ryan. I've had that one. You've had the Wild Basin? Yep, I have had the Wild I've Basin. I've never heard or seen a Wild Basin You have, because I brought it up on this podcast. No, I know. <laughs> but it was, it was uh, that unmemorable. Yeah. Which flavor did you have? It was the Classic Lime. Did Do you they like have it? multiple flavors? Oh, it tasted like they all do. The one I had was like mint basil or something like that. Oh, I've never gone. I've never heard of a company doing a non-fruit. Yeah, it, uh, it was maybe it was like watermelon basil, something like that. Mm. But there was basil involved. I once had a. This is a little off off topic, but once had a salted watermelon vodka. Sounds terrible. It was the worst thing <laughs> I've probably ever put in my mouth, Ryan. I mean. Vodka? How do you make vodka worse? I don't know. Make, I hate make it vodka. salted. Make it taste like seawater, and that's exactly what this was. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm actually, I'm a pretty much an equal opportunity drinker with everything except <laughs> vodka. Do not drink vodka. Period. The worst vodka I ever had was in college. It was um, whipped cream vodka. Oh, you bet I've had that <laughs> one. My girlfriend's favorite in college was UV blue. Oh, God. Pretty much just blue syrup. I had this one uh, that stayed in my freezer for, for years. It like was, most vodkas do for most people. It was called Kamchatka, and it was about an $8 handle, plastic. And anytime someone would come over, I always had something to offer. <laughs> and that's why it stayed there so uh, long as no one it. took the it offer. It has, like, Russian artwork it, on exactly it on, like, it. a gold label. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Red and gold. I thought you were going to say it was, like, kombuk kombucha flavor (laughs) that would have been gone probably in a day oh man all right um the next one here comes in from our very own ali monroy and she has sent me a separate text saying that henry has to answer this too (laughs) so this is a reference to the bachelorette as i'm sure a high percentage of our listenership also tunes into Uh, maybe not (laughs) but there's a guy on there who was really annoying his name was cam and he he said that he always just sticks to his phrase ABC, always be Cam, and it was really douchey and annoying. Uh, and anyways, Ali says based on ABC, always be Cam. What would each of your acronyms be? Wait, oh, so this isn't based off our initials? Yet, no, no, it just has to have oh. your name in it. Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna need a few hours to think so, about this one. So yours is just gotta end with a Z. But maybe you want to have like a, a, a familiar acronym like ABC. You got something for me, Henry? Uh, yeah. I think I think maybe I just go with something like Henry is homeless. Ah, yes. I don't know. Henry's H-I-H. Hom- hey, Henry, Henry is homeless. That is a good way to win over the people. I'm gonna go with uh, 
after my favorite beer, PBR, perpetually being Ryan. Wow. Okay. Okay. I need I need to let this brew. I was thrown off topic when when I read this. <sighs> Allie. It's a this is the hardest question we've ever had on the pod, Allie. I just aced it. So <laughs> I, I think yeah, I you aced. did pretty well. <laughs> uh, Allie stumped stumped the squad. I think I could do better. I I think I could do your guys's. D- give me mine, please. All right. So is this it's supposed to be something about me? It's supposed to be a motto? It's supposed to be the way I live my life? Yeah, exactly. It's a motto based on an acronym. Help me. Let's see. Um, With Z being the last one. All right. So there's a there's a parentheses in here. <laughs> okay. But it's A to Z. Okay. But then there's a little B in parentheses. Awesome to be Zach. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, I'll have to think longer on Henry's. Because I can't think of a, a, f- a familiar acronym that has an H in it. He says HGH. Wow. <laughs> and then he said HIV. Wow. Oh, God. Uh, Henry is visiting. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> we give, give, you know, gotta raise your hand, Henry. <laughs> he got it right. Henry is visiting. Goodness gracious. All right. From 719 Sports. Would it have been a disaster if the new Colorado Springs minor league team ended up being the Rocky Mountain Oysters? <laughs> no, I think that would have been incredible. Yeah, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. I mean, right. you, you got to have a name if, when you're talking minor leagues that gives us some pop, gives us some juice. <laughs> Get some juice out of the Rocky Mountain Oysters. <laughs> exactly. Um, here's, the, here's my only thing is like the logo just needed to be a, would just need to be a bull. Or a bu- wait, is it buffalo? Mm, what yeah. is it? Yeah, it's buffalo. buffalo. Yep. What oh. is it, Ryan? I don't know. <laughs> well, then I guess it would just be a buffalo, and that's kind of sad. Uh, for some reason, it doesn't make me sad if it's a bull. But if it's a <laughs> buffalo, I'm kind of sad. All right. Um, no, that should have been the name. What is it now? It's the Rocky Mountain Vibes, mm, which I can get down they're with. Going, yeah, they're going for for the young crowd. Yes, the Vibes. <laughs> and their logo is a marshmallow that's on fire. Wow. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. Do you burn your marshmallows? Absolutely. You have to, right? You have to. Just a toast isn't enough. It doesn't get enough flavor on it's, there. It's got to be a seven-minute flame. Well, that actually goes... Seven-minute flame. <laughs> I think like a seven-second flame. You catch it on fire, and they blow it out. Yeah. Are you going for like black? No. Okay. No, I'm, I'm going for just more than warm. You know, like I like my hot drinks. I don't just like them warm. I'm surprised you like your marshmallows hot. I mean, you can't just have them cold. They're not <laughs> gooey then. Uh, and that actually transitions nicely into this next one, which is from PG or at Jedi Goalie. Brats or hot dogs? Oh, easy. Had this conversation multiple times on this Memorial Day weekend. Brats. Brats all day. Yeah. I think we did this conversation like a year ago. That's when I was talking about street dogs. <sighs> yep. Yeah. It, hot. Do- it's not saying hot dogs are bad, but I don't understand how you could like a hot dog more than a brat only in the scenario of like a chicago style dog instead of just like a regular brat with mustard but now let's say you could have a chicago style dog replace it with a brat no Mm-mm. i don't think the the flavors would um <laughs> would complement each other as well you're crazy the brat has too much flavor on its own you're crazy why would it why aren't they making chicago style brats 
because it's just a thing. Just go. It's the Chicago style dog. Get out of here. Um, <laughs> I have recently, especially on the keto diet, been turned on to. Not, I guess not turned on to, but started liking the more cheddar brats because meat and cheese is pretty much what I eat. What do you What do you mean recently? How have you not been eating those? Well, I always life? Just, I always just liked a regular brat, and you know, I always I I like cheddar brat too. But here's the kicker. Cheddar brats are much better, in my opinion, or or it's easier to eat them with a fork and knife, which is the only way I can eat them because I can't right. put it on a bun. And so it's it's you don't have to worry about like the flaming hot cheese in there, like mm. spraying out into your <laughs> mouth while you're trying to take a bite. And that has made me more like them. But the reason I said it's a good transition is, do you like uh, like what kind of char are you looking for on your brat? Do you mm. just just enough for grill marks, or do you like a nice dark coating around the whole thing boy this is this is a food topic i can't believe we haven't talked about i love char i love it yep i especially with hot and hot dogs char a little better i guess a little more intensely than a brat just give me char i mean on a steak on corn if you grill it on there on hot dogs on brats and i was talking with my mom and she's she was she said she doesn't like brats. And I'm like, what do you mean? We eat them all the time. And you know, after a series of events, she goes, I don't like the way you cook them. I don't like them when they when they're when they're brown and wrinkly. And I'm like, ah, uh, yep, that's how I love them. So when I'm really doing it big on brats, here's what I'll do: take a pot, fill it half water, put maybe two Coors Lights in there, or maybe a heavier beer if it's available. Yeah. Um, Old Chub is Oscar Blues, just like Wild Basin. Not good for drinking, in my opinion. Probably the worst <laughs> beer for drinking. But yeah, it is perfect it's for something perfect like this. Perfect for yep. cooking. <laughs> yep. You pour it in there, cut an onion, drop it in there, get that boiling, throw the brats in there, boil them, and then chuck them on the grill. You can't go wrong. And, so good. Uh, and then they get never... like more plump when you boil them, and then you grill them. Oh. I, actually, I could honestly, not just now, I could have a brat any time of the day. Well, I've got a pack of six in there. <laughs> there let's throw them on the grill. Go. It's still nice out. It's supposed to rain later, but it's nice right now. Let's uh, let's throw some brats on the grill. Um, yeah, I, I. So one thing about brats, when they go on the grill, they start leaking the juice, especially if you boil them. Yep. Then it sparks up mm. the flames of the grill, and then you get that full. It's not like a burnt, but the whole. The whole brat gets like a nice char around it, not just the grill marks. So what you're saying is when my brats are on the grill, I should just take some propane and and throw it in there Mm. to get the flames coming up, right? I wouldn't recommend that. (laughs) Maybe take like a beer in like a spray bottle Mm. and spray it on there or maybe even like whiskey. That That would be the best use of either of those liquids. One last thing on char grill marks. My favorite charred grill marks or if you take chicken and marinate it in something kind of sweet so maybe there's like some honey in the marinade yep. and then you put it on the grill and the grill marks kind of like caramelize mm. that honey yep. or whatever sweetness was in maybe yep. it's like a, a raspberry chipotle asian sauce. asian sauces are typically sweet yep something with oh. sugar in it and then it gets like crystallized and caramelized in the grill marks probably my favorite food ever is a caramelized onion there you go yep now, really quick, now we're on the topic. How do you put your brats and hot dogs? Do you put it so they're like in the cracks long way? No, or no. Or you turn them? 
Yeah, you got to get the grill marks. Then you're not maximizing your char. No, but you get you're the not, flame. You're not, you're not maximizing your char. I mean, you might have to. <laughs> you might have to hand it over to Henry because I made Henry brats <laughs> twice this weekend. Yeah, Ryan's been making a lot of brats and some burgers too, some cheeseburgers that were great. Seriously, the best food I've eaten. The best yes. grilled food I've eaten. I don't know how he does it. I don't know what spices he put in those burgers. I just saw him over there working it in on the counter. Seriously incredible food. Okay, wait. But was oh. the char optimized on the brats? They were pretty charry. I felt pretty good about the brats. <laughs> it's because of the... A sp- little bit of hesitation ca- there, uh, I sense. <laughs> you know, he's being nice to his, uh, his host. I would say they were at least 85% charred. And that's that's how a, a a normal person, yeah. But give me give me hundo, hundred percent charred. Huh? <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not talking black. I'm talking, you know, the right amount of char. I'm telling you, dude. I'll cook you up a brat right now, and you will say this is the most perfect char I've ever had. We'll have to. We'll have to. I'll, I'm holding you to your word. By the way, I'll give away a cook's secret here. Uh oh. Henry said I, he didn't know what spice it is. There's only one spice you need for red meat the rest of your life. And it's Elway's seasoning. Yep. Yep. The greatest contribution of John Elway <laughs> to the world was Elway's seasoning. Chris Harris may disagree with you in a few hours. Maybe. But if I was Chris, I would negotiate at least 100 <laughs> packages of Elway's seasoning into my deal. A day? No. Oh. You, got, you, have, you, don't, you can't go too much. Mm. It's all about the perfect balance. Mm. But, like, I'm not... I will not eat red meat. Uh, I shouldn't say I won't eat it. If I'm cooking red meat, there will be Elway's seasoning on it. I've only heard the best things. So good. All right. Next one here is from Cade. He says, what's the worst slash weirdest food someone brought to a football viewing party? <sighs> Got to rack my brain for this one. A banana or, <laughs> or, or multiple bananas. That seems like it was you who did that. It would. You know me well. I, I love my bananas. I have bananas sitting in my car to enjoy on the way home. What do you after mean? This. You're just letting it sit in your car in the sun? It's it's pretty good temperature out. What high fifties right now with some sun? All That's right. optimal banana sitting, I would imagine. Banana chilling. Speaking of the weather, there was a storm that came through here last night. There sure was. Heard Anyways. your ear eardrums almost got blown apart. I thought like. My apartment is right next to the gym in my apartment, and the gym has, like, floor-to-ceiling windows. Flex. Um, (laughs) What's it overlook, Ryan? uh, It overlooks the (laughs) great city of Denver, Colorado. But I I kid you not, I actually thought, like, wow, I wouldn't be surprised if those windows were shattered. Wow. That's how loud the thunder was. Wow. Was your room just lit up? The blinds were closed. Which actually was a bad thing because when you see the flash, you know yep. it's coming. <laughs> I didn't see the flash, and then it sounded like all you know the world was ending. I thought my world was ending last night too. Hail! I I thought it was a higher power pounding on my roof, about to come in and get me. You guys have a dual garage. What? At your place? <laughs> no. So your car was out in it. Oh yeah. How's the car? It's okay. It's okay. So they weren't too big. Covered, covered in leaves. I put the windshield wiper on because I couldn't see anything. Just moving all the leaves out. I mean, so the maybe the tree that you were under saved you. Maybe. maybe. Typically bad thing to be under a tree during a storm, right? Could fall on you. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess it just depends on the severity. <laughs> That's wild. Ryan, we're not 10 minutes from each other. And I had this, and, and I, I saw lightning. I didn't really hear thunder. That wasn't the loud part. I had the worst hailstorm I've ever been a part of. And you potentially maybe had the worst lightning storm you've ever been a part of. Yeah, I mean, certainly in the middle of the night. No, the three loudest thunder rolls I've ever heard in my life. You felt them. They were in my heart, <laughs> rattling my organs. No wonder you're so electric today. Yeah, I'm fired up. <laughs> the worst hailstorm I ever saw was that one a couple of years ago that caused like m- like billions of dollars in damage in Denver. Right, to dealerships. Yeah, I mean, to dealerships, to people's cars. Like, I was actually looking out this window over here, and it was like, it looked like the end of the world. Like, people were driving their cars just wildly to just get out of it, like... <laughs> Uh, like there's probably like 30 cars under the gas station over there, just all like trying to pile in like in any way, like Tetris style, just wow. anywhere a car could fit. That was crazy. And then going down Spear was like a, a river yep. of hail balls because it was raining and hailing. And it was just like, a, that was crazy. This morning, it looked like it, there had been a snowstorm because of how much hail was still there. It's crazy. And Brian, we're almost June. When's this good weather coming? I don't know, man. I was supposed to play golf today. It's all it's all ruined now. All right, next one here is from Nick Scott. He says, I need the backstory with Pleasure Horse. I've been waiting forever for someone to ask, but I've become impatient. How did the intro song happen, et cetera? Mm. How long ago was that? Over a year ago, right? Oh, yeah. Well over a year ago, we reached out on this podcast and said, hey, if you're in a band and you listen to the podcast, we'd love to rep your music. On the pod, we need we need an intro song, we need an outro song, and as it started, as it started, we just used it as an outro song, right? And we yep. just played some of their new hits off of their latest EP. Yep. We played a couple different ones before we settled in on "Lonely on the Weekend" as our go-to, um, or actually, maybe I forget. Maybe "Lonely on the Weekend" came a little later as like a single release. I think that's what happened. Uh, but then. I just went back to the legendary Tim E, as he is known on these uh, web boards, and said, hey, man, how would, what do you think about making a custom BSN Broncos podcast intro? And he was all about it, mastered it himself. It sounds amazing. And uh, we are eternally grateful for the musical prowess of the one Tim Evanson. It is. It is absolutely fantastic. We're so happy to rep it every day. And Ryan... Just like we say with Weinster, you know, they're the BSN of wines. We want to help the BSN of, of anyone out there. And so we're, we're so happy that we, we can rock Pleasure Horse. And, I mean, we love Pleasure Horse. We love Lonely on the Weekend as the outro song. But there's always room for, for more. And there's always room for a rotation. If you are in a band out there, you guys made some music, send it over to us. We'll work it in. Exactly. Next one coming in from Anna. She says, well, Ryan... I'll let you take this one. There's some pronunciation in here. I don't want to be culturally off. I'm not seeing it. You're not seeing oh, it. Oh, here like... we go. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> He's pronouncing She's, it. She says, did any of you guys ever eat fe- fejora? Perfect. Right fejora? on. Here's what it is if you've never heard of it. If you didn't, if you haven't, you must. Did you click the link? Yeah. It's, uh, I was looking at the pictures and I could not make out what it was. It is a Portuguese food and it's a stew with beans with beef and pork. It is commonly prepared in Portugal. 
um, Cape Verde, a lot of different places. Well, look at you with the pronunciation on Verde. <laughs> um, the name comes from Feajo. Which okay, means, you're killing it. Which means beans in Portuguese. And hey, and I'll tell you what, anything with beans in it, let alone in the name, is right up my alley. And unfortunately not keto friendly. Oh, but beans? Would, hmm, can't have beans. I could live off beans and brats. Oh, dude, like a nice <laughs> day on the grill. Uh, you use the little burner on the side of the grill yep. to heat up some baked beans. Yep. And then you Just have a brat. In the can. Right out of the can. Yep. The little bacon bits in oh, it. Oh, man. I any, love those any type so of beans. much. Baked beans, uh, uh, refried beans, plain beans, any. Any plain type of beans. beans. What are plain beans? Just plain beans. You know, beans. <laughs> like uncooked. You're sure. just eating them like peanuts. <laughs> I guess. I guess I'm not fully plain. <laughs> uh, I so I'm not the biggest fan of refried beans. Okay. Love black beans. Black beans are amazing. Not a pinto guy. Not a pinto guy. Mm. I mean, I could have it. I would never order it on my chipotle burrito. Wow. I go with half and half because I love them both. I go with half and half chicken and steak. Mm. Um. But 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 baked beans are unbeatable. Yeah, they they really are amazing. It's because they're so sweet. Yeah, that's those are definitely not <laughs> keto friendly. No, definitely not. <laughs> All right, can we get a? I think I can get a pronunciation on this right here. Let me see. Oh, oh. Nope. I, I have a pronunciation. I'll send it to you right now, and all I can say is more good luck than you've ever had before pronouncing something i'm not even kidding you yeah i'm not <laughs> i don't even know what that's not even a pronunciation guide wait what if there i click a, it there is a backward three on there as part of the pronunciation <laughs> that's a forward three that is a forward <laughs> three <laughs> that still doesn't help us in any way shape or form whatever way it's facing um all right i got lost here because you skipped to a weird spot See, you've been skipping to weird spots for me. <laughs> Next one here is from Omar Bargodi. And he says, what are your projected stats for Joe Flacco's upcoming season? Where do you think he's going to strive? Where do you think he will struggle most? By the way, water must be had cold. Something we can all pretty much agree on. Now, yeah. Joe Flacco, where's he going to be stat-wise? Remember last year? The Ravens, through, what, four or five games, were 100% in the red zone. When they got in the red zone, they were scoring a touchdown 100% of the time. That, at least leading up to the Broncos game, that was what was going on. So Flacco was an ace in the red zone. He was actually doing okay stat-wise last year. Finished the season with 12 touchdowns and six interceptions. So let's just go touchdown, interception, and yards. Oh, and completion percentage. Eh, forget about completion percentage. <laughs> Touchdown interception ratio? Yep. 1.8 to 1. Okay, well, uh, you can actually say, like, the numbers. Oh, that you oh okay. Uh, 22, uh, 21, <laughs> 21 to 12. He's trying to figure out what 1.8 to 1 is. <laughs> 21 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Oh, I, I'll let you go first. All right, I'm going to say... Uh, 25 touchdowns to 15 interceptions and 4,300 yards. Yeah, I like, I like 4,000 yards. I mean, Case Keenum hit 4,000 yards last year, right? Didn't he? I hesitated after saying the 21 touchdowns. 
That would be the most he's had since 2014. Can you believe that? Yeah. That's it, wild. It is wild. I still think the way this this offense is going to be catered towards Joe Flacco t- throwing touchdown passes. That'd be a good thing. 25? Is nothing. It's half of what Patrick Mahomes nothing. did last year. Half. Half. <laughs> Less than half of what Peyton did. Uncool Peyton. Half of what Mahomes did last year. Like I feel I feel comfortable saying that he can get half of what Patrick Mahomes did last year. You'd hope so. What do you think Mahomes gets? Over under 40. Slightly over. Okay. I think that's probably right. Uh, that that offense is definitely geared towards Mahomes throwing touchdown passes. Oh so. yeah, especially now. Yeah. Do you w- would you change it if I said Tyreek Hill's not on the team? No. Okay. Because I don't think it's going to run through their running backs. You big Mecole Hardman guy. Big Mecole Hardman guy. It's a pretty cool name. I, I, it is. At first, I was like, it's kind of weird. I've come around on it. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. All right, from Patrick Chiodi, 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 Chiodi. He says, favorite or least favorite food at Mile High? <laughs> Do we want to talk about food at Mile High? <laughs> well, one thing you need to know is that we don't ever oh, eat. Least favorite. <laughs> yeah, I, you know where I'm going with this. We've already talked about this before. Um, we don't get to eat the regular food. Actually, I did last year. I got to sample it all. Mm. Um, the best... What was the best thing I had? The best thing I had was some like Asian bowl thing that i had it was delicious it's just like meat and rice and sauce and asian sauce peanuts yeah it was delicious um nothing i had there was bad there was also this like bacon wrapped cheese dog thing that was amazing but what we normally eat on sundays is press box food the best what's the best press box food they have i love their euros post-game euros I would like them more if they didn't have so much raw onion in them. That's why I love them. Nope. Um, they have, um, like, they did, like, fajita tacos once. Those were really good. Mm-hmm. But none of that lives up to the story of the worst food in the history. Not only of... No, yeah. Exactly. This is not the worst thing I've ever had in my high. It is literally the worst thing I've ever tasted in my life. Yes, it was awful. And to set the scene, was it a late game? Yep. It Late was game, pitch blackout. When we we hadn't these. had food for forever. The game's over. We just came back from talking to players. We're typing out our transcripts. We're starving. We're famished at like three in the morning, and we open this sandwich. <laughs> Actually, the first, first red flag. You know. The first yeah. red flag was when I picked up the sandwich and got a thin film <laughs> on my fingers. It's <laughs> either a really good thing or a really bad thing. You can you can go ahead. And I don't even know how to describe it, Ryan. I don't either. I think we came to this decision a few weeks later that it was supposed to be a breakfast sandwich. Yes, that's what I believe the intended goal was. At least that's what the meat was supposed to be. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and describe it based on the uh, food we talked about earlier. It's like they took the inside of a brat out of the casing, <laughs> pounded it into a patty. Yep. Put it on the uh, on a griddle for like one second, <laughs> and then put it in between two pieces of bread. Somehow soaked the bread in cold grease, <laughs> and then put a slice of cheese on it. There was no sauce. There no. was no raw onions to help. <laughs> no. There was there was nothing. It was 
it was the first time Ryan or I, both of us, just stopped eating it, put it to the side. I think we had to throw it away. I had two bites. I've never regretted anything more than the second bite. <laughs> uh, 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 I, I thought maybe I just something had gone awry in the first bite. Maybe the complex flavors that needed to come out. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, uh, it, was so, uh, uh, it was severely undercooked. Yep. Like I said, greasy but somehow cold. Yep. With with the chunks that a brat <laughs> has in them that are good when they're part of the brat, but not supposed to like get outside the casing. Oh god. It bad. Was so bad. Like, they take care of us pretty well. Yeah. But this was... I'm not kidding. It's the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. It was it was terrible. Far and away. Also, stay away from the uh, halftime pizza. The halftime pizza with <laughs> just a nice coating of flour <laughs> on the bottom of it. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Um, from Fortress of Comic-Tude Podcast. The Fortress wow. of Comic-Tude Podcast. Which, listen to that if you're into the Fortress of Comic Tune, I guess. Yeah. Uh, they say, you guys have talked a lot about where to get the best food, but I'm wondering, where are the best places for sweets, like shakes or ice cream in Denver? Oh, boy. There's uh, there's a lot of good ones. I love ice cream. Bonnie Bray is a classic. Been there forever. Great ice cream. I mean, if you're going to go for like a Denver staple, right. it's either that or Little Man, right? Exactly. Little Man... Is it worth the line? Is the main question I end up asking myself every time I go. If you're with good company. Right. One time I went and they had a band playing. Wow. And I was like, this makes the time go by. Oh, yeah. Uh, and then the, the underrated one, which isn't really underrated because it always has a line too, but it just gets passed over when people are talking about Little Man, is Sweet Cow. Yep. I love Sweet Cow. You guys are all welcome for that free advertising. <laughs> All right, from Jay Park, love the pod. Been curious, will Munchak work with Noah Fant or the other tight ends on his blocking? Yes, and that's already happened. Yep. Uh, and everyone is raving about Mike Munchak. Like I think I expected that, but I mean, any chance anyone gets, they're ta- they're telling you how good of a teacher Mike Munchak is. It's probably a total bias because I know these guys are both great coaches. But during practice, when I watch Mike and Chris Cooper work with these guys, it does seem like something extra special is going on with that coaching. It really does. All right, we got to move quickly here because I got to go meet Greek. All right, Matthew Johnson comes in, or Johansson comes in and says, there have been plenty of articles about Will Parks making a big leap this year, but from what I've been hearing, is he not getting much play with the first team? How's he looking? What do you expect from him this year? Third string? Any improvement from Sua? I mean, it feels like we talk about this every day, but... Yeah, he's not getting any love from the coaching staff, and he's not running with the ones. No. No, I mean, he, he's a, he's a fill-in type of guy so far. And Vic Fangio at Donatel has still not said his name once. Very odd. Very odd. All right, from Diesel2920. I've heard rumblings that certain people have asked for sour cream on their Mexican pizza at Taco Bell, and that this Mexican pizza supreme would change my life. I'm skeptical, he says. <laughs> so it's like instead of cream cheese, it's sour cream. Well, have you had the Mexican pizza at Taco Bell? Oh, at Taco Bell? Yes. I was thinking Pizza Hut. Oh, no. Because we said pizza. Yeah, no. Okay, so what is this creation? Well, as one thing we know about Taco Bell is that the ingredients are all the same always. <laughs> and so this is just a different iteration of it's the true. main ingredients of Taco Bell, which are tortilla-like substance, yep. which in this case, they're tostadas cheese and taco meat and then you know you get the tomatoes and the lettuce and all that on there yep 
So I can only imagine that adding sour cream to this would make it better. How is this not a tostada? It is a tostada. <laughs> but it's a Mexican pizza. <laughs> it just you, it comes in slices like a pizza. So I'm sure it tastes good. Like everything at Taco Bell. Exactly. It's all the same things. Exactly. And they all taste great. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I think the Mexican pizza supreme would change your life. You'd just be like, oh, this is another good iteration <laughs> of the four ingredients at Taco Bell. To be honest, Ryan, I have no idea where we are with these questions. All right. Well, I'll keep, re- I'll keep reading them. <laughs> Next one's from Preston Epley. He says, I know you guys have talked about it a little bit, but do you think, why is everyone talking about Trevor Simeon this week? Ah, I love you me some Trevor. You missed it yesterday. Talk. Someone was like, can we all agree that Trevor Simeon could have been a great quarterback? Wow. And didn't we have similar comment last week? And I just said, like, you're lucky. You missed out. You shouldn't have asked this the one day that Zach was gone because who agreed with you? I will not. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. He says, I know you guys have talked about it a little bit, but do you think Trevor Simeon would have done better under a different coach? His 2016 season, 18 and 10, and over thir- uh, 18 touchdowns and interceptions over 3,000 yards. Looked very promising. He only went downhill when Joseph came to town. Hmm. Was Trevor ever going to get a shot to be the guy and have no competition around him? Only if someone would have got injured. If he would have gone to Minnesota, not even then. Because if Kirk Cousins gets injured, he comes in, plays lights out. They're paying Kirk Cousins $30 million this year. You're asking the question the wrong way. It's not about whether he had the opportunity. It's did he have the talent? And I think the answer is no, so it doesn't matter. He could have he could have thrived, Ryan. I think if Kubiak would have stayed, he would have been better for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, he eighteen and ten, three thousand yards. I think was n- near his ceiling, not at his ceiling, but near. it. I'm thinking he could have you know had twenty four and twelve with four thousand yards. But I mean. That would have been solid, and then it would would, would would have been good. I just don't think he had the killer instinct, and that is what killed it for me. We'll see the type of 15-year career he has as a Jets starting quarterback once Sam Darnold gets injured this year and he comes in and runs away with it. How rude. I hope Sam Darnold has a great season. I do too. Although, I'm kind of uh, – I don't want him to get injured. I just want the Jets to implode in a massive fire. They're already doing that, right? I know. It's great. <laughs> I love watching these big market teams who get all the media coverage just blow it. Speaking of guys not coming to OTAs, isn't Le'Veon Bell not showing up to some of them? Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Just a Steeler thing, I guess. Okay. Um, do, you ha- do you see any that we haven't read? Oh, yeah. There actually is one here. Wait. Where'd it go? The question is, which British... American Football League team has the best name. You're going to have to open the link there. Holy cow. Did you look at these names? It is the B-A-F-A-N-L. Okay. Which I don't know. It doesn't even tell me what the acronym (laughs) means. British American Football Association National Leagues. Who knew there were so many teams? Okay. Wait. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Holy cow. All right. let's Let's roll through them. So... You got the Halton Spartans, the Manchester Titans, the West Coast Trojans, the which we already have that in America. Leicester? Oh, I, I don't know. Light? Leicester. 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 Come on. You don't remember Leicester City in the Premier League? No, definitely not. The Jeez. Leicester Falcons. It's like one of the greatest sports stories of all time. That would be L-E-S-T-E-R if we're going Leicester. Well, it's pronounced Leicester, <laughs> and Leicester City won the Premiership. And it was it was like one of the longest odds of anything ever. Of course. 
how did you miss that, dude? That was like that was like two years ago, right, Henry? Two years ago. Oh yeah. All right. Yeah, of course, Ryan. No, he knows. Me and Henry have been gaming FIFA all weekend. He beat me with Lester. That's true. Of course, Lester. Falcons. Uh, you got the Yorkshire Rams. Well, they're the Rams, so they automatically lose. The Black Country Vipers. Did I get that one right, Ryan? You did. <laughs> uh oh, I might mess one up. <laughs> Edinburgh? No, nope, Edinburgh. 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 Edinburgh? Oh, Edinburgh. There we go. All right. We the, missed one there. The Wolves. I like Wolves. The so North Lumber Vikings. The North. It's Northumberland. What did I say? You said North Lumber. That's right. That's right, too. <laughs> okay, we got the Nottingham, Nottingham Caesars. The London Olympians. The London Blitz. London, actually, is how it's pronounced right. Okay. The uh, East Kilbride Pirates. The London Warriors. They have three teams in London? <laughs> Apparently, and we're not even through this list. The Farnham Knights. The Gateshead Senators. That's a pretty good one. Tamworth Phoenix. The Glasgow Tigers. South Wales Warriors. The Sandwell Steelers. Oose Valley <laughs> Eagles. <laughs> I'm glad you got stuck with that one. The Oxford Saints. Clyde Valley Blackhawks. And finally, the Ipswich Cardinals. I'm going with the last one. You like No, the actually, Ips- that's you. You got to go with the Cardinals. No, I'm going with the Gateshead Senators. Ooh, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good one. And since we're a football podcast, I'll go with the London Blitz. That one's pretty sick. Mm-hmm. Um, the Gateshead Senators, their stadium capacity, 1,000 people. I'm pretty sure my high school stadium held more than that. <sighs> Talk about uh, the Ipswich Cardinals at 400. Like a high school gym holds more than that. <laughs> how is it possible? If, how is it possible to have a 100-yard long field that only has a capacity? You could put 400 people just standing on the sidelines. And in the same league, have one that's 13,000. We need, a, we need an investigation into the Ipswich Cardinal <laughs> Stadium. I just imagine there's this huge 100-yard field and just two bleachers. <laughs> I'm, I'm, on this, I'm on here. I'm not seeing any stadium pics. I'm can, sure there's not very many pictures. Of they've been around right. since 1986. Wow. Not Their stadium is called the Northgate International Sports Center. Which kind of sounds like it's indoors, and that could make this make sense. And it also sounds like that's where a bunch of rec leagues are held. Yes. <laughs> they play right after the uh, 50 and up <laughs> men's league. <laughs> no disrespect to any Ipswich Cardinals fans. Oh, we've got a picture here. Oh, and there it is. It's yep. just one bleacher. Yep. Uh, that's amazing. Shout out to Ipswich and the Cardinals. Wow. I do love my Cardinals. <laughs> So maybe they're my second team <laughs> after the Gatesland Senators. Okay, I think we've reached the finish line. I think that's it. All right, that's good because I really have to leave. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening, and we will check back in with you tomorrow when the Broncos are, in fact, back once again. Have a good day, and we'll talk to you later. It's getting me down,
guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here, and we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Winester is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Winester is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Winester, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Winester is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Winester is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Winester.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. 